Welcome back, everyone, to Thoughts and Tea here on Radio Africa 1804. I am your host, Lori Lee, and I did take a little time off from Thoughts and Tea and from work, which was very much needed. Um, I just celebrated my 37th birthday, which was uh, super different from how I would typically do it. I'm a huge birthday person. You know, I like to go on some kind of trip and then cap it off with some kind of celebration with family and friends. But this year, obviously, it was it was different for all the reasons you already know. So I kept it super low key, um, small dinner with my close family, but it was nice. I, I really enjoyed it. And I had more time to do some self-reflection, which I usually do on my trips because I take a lot of solo trips. Um, but still, you know, when you're traveling, there's a lot going on. I have activities I want to do, things I want to see. So the staycation was good um, just to, to really spend time with myself and look at my life and, and what I've done with it these last 37 years. You know, lots of ups and downs, but overall, proud of where I am, how I got here. So I felt good. I felt good at 37, um, especially this this year, how 2020 has been filled with lesson after lesson after lesson for us all. Um, it's been a lot and, you know, it's coming at us from all directions, whether it's COVID-19, uh, pro police brutality, you know, the killings of black men and women, protests, and the loss of some of our heroes, right? Um, like many of you, I was extremely heartbroken at the passing of Chadwick Boseman to colon cancer. And I think he was a special human being and thought so before finding out that he had been sick for these last few years and suffered in silence while delivering some of the most important performances for our community, right? So from Jackie Robinson to James Brown and Thurgood Marshall and, of course, Black Panther. So when you think about that, and especially Black Panther, I, I had read so many different articles about how instrumental he was in creating the movie and, and the delivery of it. Um, Ryan Coogler, the director, penned a beautiful note to him after his passing, and he shared, you know, just how involved he was as the lead actor of such a huge movie. He participated in casting sessions and readings with some of his castmates, you know, things that, that others wouldn't do. But he was so invested and really wanted the film to be something specific. So it was amazing to hear that and then know that he was going through all of this pain while he was doing it, you know. But he was determined and committed to giving us something really magical. So if that's not a hero, I don't really know what is. And looking back at his work, his thoughtful choices to portray legends and change makers made me think a lot about the choices that we make as viewers. 
Um, you know, and I'm, I'm sure you've realized by now in all of these episodes, I am a huge, huge, huge movie person. I love movies. I love documentaries. I love television, not reality television so much, but like really great scripted TV. And, um, I share that love with my godmother who is Rachel Jean Felix mentor. And for as long as I can remember, <laughs> Rachel and I have shared this passion, right? Like we don't just watch movies. It's it's an experience. We analyze them. We analyze the stories. Um, we dig into the performances. We try to understand the messages. And we get together and then we talk about all the things we noticed. We talked about the things we love. We talked about the things we hated. It's It's a whole... <laughs> experience for us and she lives in Florida I live in New York so we don't really get to watch these things together but there's something special about um about our bond right because we'll watch things on our own and then we'll come back and sometimes we'll have picked up on the same stuff or sometimes we'll see things differently. And this movie that may have been two hours turns into a four hour thing because now we're just on the phone breaking it down, um, you know, trying to decide whether or not it's Oscar worthy or if it's TV, is it Emmy worthy? How good was that performance? It's just it's just something special that we've always, always had. So when I thought about sharing um, a top 10 list of must-see pieces right now for, for our community because of all of the things that we are going through, she was the first and only name that um, came to mind. So, Rachel, Rachel, welcome to Thoughts and Tea. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me on. Excited to have you on. Do you think I described um, our movie experience correctly? Is is there? How would you describe it? Uh, absolutely, uh, you said it correctly. I, I think ever since you were born, even though um, I'm 15 years older than you, I'm, and I am your godmother and also your cousin. Um, since early on, you and I have been talking about movies. Um, shows, we have a passion for it that at times some of our family members tend to find either funny or important or ridiculous at times because <laughs> we, we get so much into the characters that they think we're talking about real people, especially my husband. And sometimes when he sees me cry, he wants to get in and help. But I'm like, no, 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 no. Let me have the cry. Let me have my cry. And I know I can call you. Only you, Lori, you understand my cries. It's true. It. <laughs> I mean, I, I think I've had friends, family, you name it, say... It's kind of sickening. Like, how, how do you watch so many shows at the same time? And I think about our phone calls. I'm like, if people only knew that we can spend two hours on the phone, go through like yes. 10 different series that we're watching at the same time, but we know all the details, we know all the names, we know the looks they gave. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a skill that I think we possess that not many people understand. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. And one of the movies, and uh, I mean, I, I don't want to go too fast. I know what the subject matter is today. But one of the movies that I'm assuming is on your list, and I know is on my list, is Black Panther. I bring it up because the day we, the day I saw it, 
we I spoke for four hours straight about Black Panther and every character, every dimension of that movie. Do you remember that? Yes, all the colors. I think we were moved by so much. It's definitely on my list. And um, it's just one of those things that felt really epic. And it felt like there were so many um, deliberate, intentional messages to us, whether it was through the costumes, through the language they were speaking, their accents, or the positions that some of the women had. So I know we'll get into those details, but we had we had enough content for a good couple of hours. We did, and I remember it being four, because I remember sitting at the restaurant, and, and as I was eating with my daughter, who had just seen it with me, and we were we were just talking, we were going and going and going. It was very intense. It really was. <laughs> so let's yes. jump in. So I'll tell everyone, each of us yes. have, um, we put together our own top 10 list. So we'll go through mm-hmm. them together. Um, but I know for sure there's going to be some overlap. So why don't you start? What is what yes. is number 10 on your list? Number 10, oh boy. Oh, you got me. Because w- when you invited me on the show... Um, I was so excited. I came up with more than 10 movies, of course. I came up with 20. And I couldn't bring everything to the table, and I was trying to find something that is relevant based on what the subject matter is today, which is, you know, how can those movies influence us and especially help us through what we're going, um, what what we're seeing today, right? And Mm -hmm. so number 10, I took the liberty of grouping those movies, but not because they're number 10 on my list, but because I had no more space. So I grouped them together. (laughs) I made number 10 three movies uh, because I just couldn't let it go and I had no more space. Okay, so I'm going to say it, okay? Okay. Number 10 is Marshall 42 and Get On Up with uh, starring Chadwick Boseman. And the reason why I said I, I, I grouped them together, again, I say it's not because they are number 10 on my list, but they are such important movies yeah. that I didn't I did not want to not mention them on that list. But there are so many others. So that's why I grouped them as number 10. I love that. I mean, I, I have you? to say I have um, I have two two spots on my list. That's more than one. So I, I feel your pain. I did the same thing. Um <laughs> But I kind of think they fit together, obviously, all starring Chadwick, all being um, real people that he brought to life for us on the screen. Um, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think three definitely great, great choices. So mm-hmm. the first thing, when I hear the names, the first thing that sticks in my mind, and I think it's also probably because of him just passing, I don't automatically jump mm-hmm. to the content. I jump to how amazing he was at embodying those people because those are three very different men and he Mm -hmm. played them so well i mean particularly james brown i i watched something Mm -hmm. on him where they said you know he wanted to do all the dancing and he wanted to feel it he you know worked with choreographers and when you look at that you could i don't know i think i think it just came alive on the screen like he really really got into that role it it, it was amazing to see him play that role and to hear that he actually went to 
um, his family, as a matter of fact, one of his daughters, mm-hmm. and wore his costumes in as he was learning the density because some of those costumes were light, but some of them were heavy. Yeah. And so he got into the role and, and, and just did it so well with such, he was so smart in the way he presented James Brown. And as a matter of fact, Thurgood Marshall also. Thurgood Marshall, that, that, that's one of the justices. So James Brown it was a dancer, uh, the, the, the godfather of um, R&B, mm-hmm. right? And so Thurgood Marshall was a justice, and 42 was, was a baseball player, right? Yeah. So he played Jackie Robinson. So all three men, like you said, were great men, but they were different men. And yet he truly embodied the roles. Now, the reason why I think that it's important for us to mention that right now, because we're trying to connect the movies and what we're experiencing, all three men, had, they had guts. They challenged yeah. the system. They did things that were never done before. And they did it while so Jackie was, Robinson was humiliated. Um, Thurgood Marshall was laughed at. And James Brown, my gosh, he barely could read when he started. But he, yet he made sure that he got paid the way he he wanted to get paid. He questioned the system. So he, all three men did amazing things. Definitely. And I think, you know, um, it's thinking about kind of where we are now or even looking at some of the speeches that Chadwick gave, like one of his focuses seemed to be about purpose. And you could see that in each of these men, right? They were very intentional with what they were doing. They were committed to a very specific dream, a specific goal. And and that's something Chadwick had in common with them. Absolutely. Yeah. So, oh, so Louis, what I'm hearing you say is that now Chad, Chadwick is one of them. Exactly. Yeah, I, I very much expect oh at some God. point for there to be a biopic about Chadwick Boseman. Wow, I just got that when you when the way you said it, Chadwick is is one of them. He's not lo, no longer playing them. He is one of them. He's one of those avant garde. He's one of those who you, you use every part of his being to bring things to life and to challenge the system. Absolutely. Wow. Okay. So yeah, I love that. That's I, a I that's a be. great number ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, What's your number ten? So my number ten. Yeah, I, I, is uh, Black is King, which is the um, directed by and starring Beyonce. And it's available on mm-hmm. Disney Plus. And it's a mm-hmm. um, visual album that goes with um, the album she created, which was the Lion King, The Gift. So for, I chose this because, I mean, it, it came out earlier in July. And... Within the first few days, I think I watched it four times. And what I think about my reason for watching it, it's just that we've been seeing so many horrifying images of, of what happens to black skin. Um, we see really difficult stories being played out on TV um, about black lives. And... Yes, it's mm. important for us to see, but it is hard. For me, it has been hard. 
And I, it's hard to walk away from seeing something like that and then try to go back to your day without feeling the weight of it on you still. So watching Black is King for me was like the complete opposite. I felt lifted. I felt um, how beautiful our skin is, all of the different shades of it. Um, how beautiful our culture is, how beautiful the land we come from is. And I thought it was just a real celebration of, of who we are. And I think something important for us to see right now. Wow, that's wonderful. I have to admit that I have not seen it yet. It's definitely on my list of, uh, I have a list that's, that's, that grows every day. But it's definitely on my top 10 list of things to watch. I have not seen it yet. Yeah, it's definitely worth the watch. I think now, too, especially having my niece, Savannah, you know, I I hope Mm -hmm. that the way you and I had our relationship with with film and TV Mm -hmm. is hopefully something I'll get to have with her. And I think about the things Mm -hmm. I want to watch with her, right? And this is one of those things. Mm -hmm. Um, Specifically the performance Mm -hmm. of Brown Skin Girl, and you're seeing all these beautiful Mm -hmm. Black women dressed up in these beautiful colors and different hairstyles, just really celebrating, uh, celebrating who we are. And one of the lines from the song, and I'm going to butcher it, I'm trying to remember exactly what it is, but I think she says that... um, this the skin that has been broken turns into the th- the thing that makes us powerful right so i i love that message and and i can't wait till she's older and i can watch this type of stuff with her wow that's wonderful definitely hopeful right yeah okay so let's move on so yeah. what do you have um okay. for number 9 number 9 I have this beautiful, wonderful series that's that being played on own Oprah Winfrey's network. It's called David Makes Men. Oh, you've been telling and me about I this. Just, I haven't seen it yet. Oh, my gosh. I just find it to be so well done because David is not a un, unilateral character. David is a full-fledged human being with a spiritual side. I'll I'll give you a little bit of the backdrop without ruining it for everybody. But David lives in a project in Miami. David gets gets bused to an Ivy League um, school, high school. He's a brilliant student. He's an incredible writer with with teachers who believe in him, but he has struggles. His mom um, is a single parent and she's struggling with life. I will give you that backdrop so Mm -hmm. you'll find out who David is and how he came to be. But one of the things about David is that he has this spiritual side about him because he has a connection with someone in his life who's no longer physically present, but that person guides him. He also is very smart. He's very strong in very difficult situations. So he's a leader. Mm -hmm. Uh, Life is not easy for David, but David is becoming a man right before our eyes in this difficult navigation that he has to do every day just to survive, just to get to school and get an education. So I find it to be, it's it's made by the same um, people who made uh, Moonlight. Okay. Um, And it, it 
yeah, yeah. It's 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 visually it's beautiful to watch. The 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 dialogue is smart, and so I love it, and I can connect it with again with what our young folks are going through now. There are so many of them who have such potentials, and if they don't find someone to encourage them into those schools that can foster that. Um, they get lost. They get lost through the cracks, and you have these brilliant kids not really reaching. It, it's like a failure to launch. They're not able to reach their full potential, even though it's there. But David is is really struggling, and so season one was amazing, and I'm looking forward to season two. Okay, I'm definitely going to have to check that out. Um, for mm-hmm. me, I went with the series also for number nine. Um, I went with Watchmen. And oh, oh yes, yes, yes. Okay. So Watchmen mm-hmm. available on HBO Max, and it's starring Regina King. Who I don't know about you, but Regina King is one of those people that I I can just watch anything that she does. Like she's so 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 good. My God. Yes, she's amazing. Absolutely, her she's very talented. Oh my gosh, she's amazing. She is. She really is. Yes. And I, the reason why I chose Watchmen. Um, it's obviously it's it's a uh, a comic book brought to life, um, mm-hmm. but in a different way, right? I think they intentionally told the story very differently, given where we are in the world today. And I I don't know. Sometimes I just love to see us taking control and. There are lots of elements to this show. I mean, it's there's some there's some um science fiction in there. There's there's a lot going on in there. And you know, so I there's a lot to unpack, so I won't go into too much detail there, but I think again, mm-hmm. just um in making my list today, there are a lot I mean, there are so many great movies and and TV shows, but I really stayed away from um, the ones that were like super focused on us in a in in a slave capacity, right? Or in something mm-hmm. where we were inferior. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I although mm-hmm. I think sometimes mm-hmm. it's important to see those things. Um, Mm-hmm. Sometimes I just can't see it, right? Like, and we're we're dealing mm-hmm. with so much. I just want a different perspective, and to see mm-hmm. us put to see a black woman, right, put a quote unquote superhero costume on and kick some butt, and and all while there was there was a lot of 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 racial undertones throughout the show, so all of that was important as well. But I think for me, it was seeing her in this role, right, taking power, taking control, and I, I think it's definitely worth watching. And let me let me second that because I almost missed Watchmen. I I was hearing about it, but I'm like, oh, that's not my type of of series. I don't know if I'm gonna like it. It's a little bit, you know, it's based in reality, but there are some elements of it that are, you know, magical or kind of science science fiction ish. Mm-hmm. So I didn't think I was gonna like it, Chloe. And so my son Cedric said, "Mom, you have to watch this. You have to watch this." So he pursued me. I ended up watching it. And I do believe that it's a masterpiece. It was amazing. I I concur. Regina King was amazing. And there were other characters. And again, we're trying not to give too much away. 
um, but there were other characters and the way they showed up and the the end of, of the season revealed everything. And so, yes, I, I really agree with you. Yeah. It was amazing. It was amazing. I think yeah. it's it's one of those shows you have to commit to. Because if I'm being honest, mm-hmm. I think by episode three, I was like, oh, where is this going? You know, yeah. I wasn't yeah. sure. <laughs> but then something happens in episode four and you're like, oh, my God, <laughs> this is all making sense. Yes. Yes. So you exactly. have to commit. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, to, bring it, to bring it to now, what we can say is that I mean, in this movie, it shows us, you know, women can be superheroes, black women being mm-hmm. superheroes and wearing that cape and, and, and kicking butt and, and, and making things happen. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, so what do you have for number eight? Mm-hmm. Okay, so number eight, and I know you said you were trying to stay away from that genre, but I had to put it on my list. Number eight for me is Harriet. Mm, oh, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I truly, I had to. Um, it, it, I think it was well made. Uh, I think the the lady who portrayed Harriet, the actress, for some reason her name just escaped um, me right now. Cynthia Erivo. Uh, yes, and she was nominated for an Oscar mm-hmm. for that one. Her intensity in Harriet, she brought her to life. And the way she worked it, I, I think they added a spiritual part to it. Mm-hmm. And I know it was controversial. Some people didn't like that because they felt that they were making Harriet magical while, while Harriet was a human being, just one person. I tend to disagree with them because I know that what this woman did was incredible. And without a spiritual side to her, whether wherever that force was coming from, there's no way she could have guided so many people out of slavery and gotten them to the other side. She did it for herself and in her generosity and selflessness, she was determined to go back and bring people from the from the south to the north uh, in that underground railroad. I thought that was just amazing. Yeah, I so agree with you. So the amazing and the story. Mm-hmm. I totally agree with you and, and I remember people's reactions to the spiritual aspect in the film and while I understand, yes, she was human, you have to, to to do what she did, she would have had to have been connected to something greater. And so for me, the spiritual side of it was, it made sense. It clicked for me. Yes. Yeah, so that's Absolutely. a good one. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so my number eight is John Lewis' Good Trouble, which is a documentary Um, it's available on Apple TV and prime video. Uh, it's directed by Don Porter and it is obviously on, on the life of, of John Lewis, a Georgia representative. Um, but the reason why I thought it was important and, and something that's a must watch for us right now is with everything going on with all the protests and, um, you know, everyone is looking for what can I do? What are the things I can do to make a difference? And I think he's a great example of somebody who for 60 plus years was um, extremely focused, right? Like on um, 
making changes to legislation from everything, you know, from civil rights to voting rights and healthcare reform, immigration, gun mm-hmm. control. And, you know, he really, he, he made a difference. He was focused. He walked and marched and talked and all of those things that we need. And I think for the gener- our young generation now who is seeing everything that's happening in the world, this is a great film to watch, to be inspired, to be motivated, to maybe help draw a path for themselves for how they want to to make change in the world. Yes, wow. That's amazing. And I have not seen this one either. Um, you said Apple TV? Yeah, it's on Apple TV. It's also on Prime Video. Oh, okay. So, oh, yeah, okay. So then I'll, I'll catch it. Okay, good. One of the, the bridge that you make, for your, especially for your generation and the younger, I think watching this can give hope. Because the, you, knowing that other people got into good trouble to disrupt the status quo and to help make change happen, it gives you hope now because that's exactly what's happening. Exactly. And some people are saying, oh, you know, forget about it. Nothing's going to change. We've been marching for years. And I disagree. And I think John Lewis said it. He said to get into good trouble. It's definitely worth it. Exactly. So uh, that, that's on my list now. <laughs> yeah, that's a great one. Okay, what do you have for number seven? Yeah. Okay. Okay, number seven. Okay, number seven. I I kind of have to give it a quick intro because when it came out, it was a flop. It wasn't successful. Um, people did not understand it, and people say um, it just it just wasn't lending anywhere. So I'm gonna say it. It's a 1998 movie made by Oprah Winfrey, starring Oprah. I mean Jonathan Demme made that movie. Um, Beloved, 1998, Beloved. I bring that up because Beloved is one of my favorite. Mm-hmm. My relation to Beloved is the fact that I am, um, before becoming a full-fledged um, psychotherapist, I mostly did social work, meaning helping people access concrete services in life, right? I did it in New York for years and then also in Florida for a few years and then work. now I only work as a psychotherapist. But one of the things that came out for me, that movie is about love. How, how do you love during slavery? How do you continue to love right after slavery when you're dealing with PTSD, you're dealing with depression, you're dealing with oppression, you're dealing with isolation? Seth is the name of the main character. And so Seth had four children on the plantation. And when they left for 27 days, they, they seemed to have enjoyed... Uh, a blissful time. She heard her children laughing like she had never heard them laugh before. They were having fun. They were running and playing. The children had never laughed. And then on the 29th day, it looks like their master, who was called school teacher, was coming back to get them. So Seth loses her mind. And in her disconnection and in her fear, terrifying, terrifying fear, she 
gets the four kids, she runs in, and her goal is to kill all four kids. She would rather kill them than to see them go back into slavery. She mm-hmm. doesn't manage to kill all four, but she does kill one. She kills the baby, and the baby was Beloved. Her name was Beloved. And so that's kind of the premise of the movie. But it's very complex. It's very hard to watch for many people because, you know, this is a mom who did the most unforgivable thing. And yet, in watching the movie and understanding the complexities of slavery and what it does to the mind, you begin to see why she she wanted her children free rather than to go back and be slaves for school teacher again. And of course, uh, Danny Glover plays in the movie. He's the love interest. He's amazing. They really portray him as a full-fledged individual. He's not just this, this um, goofy black male, but mm-hmm. he's a real man who stands with her. Um, so it, it, it's like in this movie, it's like doing what she did became life-affirming. Mm. And her and her mother-in-law, uh, her name was, if I remember correctly, it was uh, Shug, this older actress, um, beloved actress, played the mother-in-law. And I see her as the first social worker because they would go in, into the woods and she would have those spiritual ceremonies where they would, she would say, hold your hands, clap your hands, start dancing. So, And it, it seemed, again, very simple, but when you're a slave and your body doesn't belong to you, what do you do when you're told you're free? How do you how do you be, go from slavery, being property, to being human, being a, a full-fledged individual? Hmm. And so that's why Beloved is on my list, and, I've, and I've, I've loved it from the first time I've seen it, even though no one can really seem to, um, no one in my group seemed to really care much for it. But I, I think it's a masterpiece. I'm happy you mentioned it because I think it's something I need to watch again. I think I was very, very young the first time I saw it. So Mm -hmm. there was a lot that I just wasn't understanding yet at that time. And I remember being afraid. I remember being afraid. Um, You know, specifically for what you said, this is a mother doing the unthinkable. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, yeah, so it was it was hard to watch. So, yeah, I think I will. Mm -hmm. I'll put that on my list and I'll watch it again now. Okay, okay, that's a good one. So my number seven is Mm -hmm. another documentary um, called 13th, which is um, available Mm -hmm. on Netflix and directed by Ava DuVernay and um, this came out a few years ago, but I think still so important for us to understand, to understand that, you know, slavery above all else was a free labor system. And so when we were freed, quote unquote, somebody still had to do that work. And the amount of effort and planning that went into the criminal justice system, the prison system, um, to create more opportunities for free labor um, and put us in a situation where prisons were disproportionately filled with, with black men, black men being taken away from their children, from their families, and the collateral just damage that that would create in, in in the black community, I think is a really important thing for people to watch. Absolutely. 
And and I'm going to say it's also on my list. Oh, good. At what number? <laughs> I, 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 uh, it, it kind of ruins it, but it's my number one. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's my number one. So I might as well speak to it. I, I, I mean, it's everything, everything you've just said. And looking into it's an analysis of the criminalization of African Americans in this in this system, or of black men in general. Because yeah. it doesn't matter if you're African American or not, and how it was okay. Slavery is over. What do we do with our properties? We can't own them anymore. We can't get the free labor anymore. So um, we're going to create we're, we're going to create crime. We're going to create a law. That makes it yes, we can use them as free labor if they're incarcerated, and we're going to create crimes, and we're going to disproportionately hold them accountable for those crimes, throw, in, throw them in jail, and get our free labor. Um, it was done in 2016. I saw it when it came out, and I find it to be one of the most relevant pieces of documentaries available out there to explain. Because, you know, being Haitian, I'm going to say this, there are times when, when I'm with, you know, with friends or with different family members, and they're like, why can't they just stand? Why can't they just listen? Why can't they just this or that? There's a little bit of a judgment that goes into when, when black men get incarcerated mm-hmm. and it makes the news how it happens or if they are killed or not. But 13, and I tell them, if you want to understand what's going on, you need to see 13. Then you'll be able to provide... Um, you know, things that are relevant instead of just being judgmental and not understanding what's behind all this incarceration. Exactly. So for me, that's why it's the number one. Yeah, it's and the I, number one because I get, I get frustrated listening to my, some, some of my friends talk about it. Yeah, and I think you're so right. This this documentary does such a good job of explaining the level of of planning right that went into making this mm-hmm. successful for them it's mm-hmm. you know it's not it, it didn't it didn't happen by accident right this was orchestrated mm-hmm. to be this mm-hmm. way so mm-hmm. this idea mm-hmm. that you know um black men who are getting arrested are always re- you know fully responsible or why didn't they do the right thing or they put themselves in that situation you have to understand that the system was built for them to a feel like that might be the best option for them, and so that they're stuck mm-hmm. in the system for the rest of their lives. Absolutely, and you know, in Florida where I live, when when kids start taking the FCAT in in the third grade, but between the third and the sixth grade, they're kind of already figuring out how many prisons they'll need, depending on how you, how well you do in school, what social issues you're having, mm. what your neighborhood looks like. And they know how many children are, are, are in school. And so they're kind of basing it, and they're constantly building jails. And people are saying, but why are they building so much jails? Why don't they focus on school? This is the reason, because yeah. the, they want the free labor. And they would rather invest, while they invest $1 per child in certain neighborhoods, they'll invest millions. Building, building jails based on the FCAP results, they know from the third grade on where you're headed, and they create blockages in society where eventually many of these kids, by the 10th grade, they are already incarcerated, or they're in and out of the system, and yeah. there's no help, no support, so they make sure that by the time they turn adults, 
there you go, you have more of that free labor. It's, it's, uh, it's mind-boggling once you understand how the system works. And when we say the system is broken, no, the system is not broken. The system is working just well for the people who build it. Exactly. It's, it's not working well for us. It's doing mm-hmm. exactly what it was meant to do. Exactly, exactly. And 13th reveals everything. Definitely. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay, so number six. <laughs> number six. Okay, number six for me um, was this fresh new style, fresh new way of, of, of doing a thriller um, done by a black man, and it is called Get Out. Number six it, to me is like a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Um Yes, it is. um, The main character actually gets out of the predicament, but it really talks about this hypnotic thing that this man created where they can take anything from you as a black person, hypnotize you. Um, I don't know if you can can tell it better than I'm telling it now, Louis, because I saw it years ago and I didn't get a chance to refresh uh, myself. But um, it's definitely about... Um, this smart jet, this smart guy. Uh, I th- I think he was a photographer. He was successful. Had a girlfriend. Five five months they've been together, and she takes him home. And when he goes to the home, they are very accommodating. They're very nice to him. At first, it's weird, but slowly he starts falling into the gap. Yeah. Um, and I I I let I let you take it from here, Louis. Yeah, so I, I didn't put it on my list, but I really should have. I honestly forgot about it. <laughs> and it's it's so good. And um, that gap you're talking about, the sunken place. And, mm-hmm. you know, in the film, obviously it's a horror film. And so um, the way it's presented, and, you know, for anybody who hasn't seen it, I won't ruin it. But this idea, like you said, of hypnotizing black people, right? Getting them to mm-hmm. not focus on the important, to get you to sink into this place where you're easily manipulated and and mm-hmm. taken advantage of and used used for for your best parts. Um, so it's exactly it's a great, great, it, great, great movie. It's a great movie, and when it came out, uh, the director um, Jordan Peele. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he won his first Oscar. Uh, I think he's the only the second. Him and Spike Lee are the only two black men who have Oscars for directing. I'm not sure if John Singleton have ever got one. Um, I I'm don't not think sure. he did. I, I know. I, I know he was nominated at least twice, but I, I okay, so maybe he didn't get it. But Jordan Peele got it because the way the way this movie was done, it was a thriller. It was supposed to be a scary movie, but there were parts of it that were funny. There were parts of it that were very relatable, and it was really a social satire more than anything because it's telling you if you don't pay attention, you, they will hypnotize you, and the best of you will be taken away from you, and you. Will be brought in by by I would say their group, you know, mm-hmm. with the black man. Well, you know, with, in this movie, this specific situation, he was brought in by the daughter, and they all knew he was coming, and they were all prepared to to hypnotize him and to take everything away from him. Yeah, but he got out. You know, he got out, and so he got out with his talents, with his credits. He got out with everything. Yeah. So I, I thought it was marvelous the way it was done. That was a great one. And I think Jordan Peele, they say often that he is the, you know, the new Alfred Hitchcock. 
because there's so yeah. many. You can you can go to the movies and watch it just for what's on the surface and walk away and say, oh, that was a great scary movie. That was a good thriller. Mm-hmm. But if you want mm-hmm. to go deep and understand why this specific color is on the screen right now, why this girl is eating cereal right now at this moment, like there was just everything had a reason and so for people like us this movie is like a dream because there's so much to dig into there's so much to try to understand and you're not doing it for no reason because the director actually the director and the writer did all of these little things on purpose Mm -hmm. yes yes yeah that's a great one yeah yeah Yeah. um okay so for me my number six is a series that you and I both love, and I, I feel like it's probably on your list. I'm not sure. Um, but Little Fires Everywhere. Oh, my gosh. Okay, yes. So I <laughs> <laughs> I loved, 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 loved this series. Um, I think the first episode of Thoughts and Tea, this was the series I discussed. Um, this is executive mm-hmm. produced by and starring Reese Witherspoon and Kerry Washington. And... I think it's such a great, great, great depiction of the, I don't know, the kind of push and pull between a white woman and a black woman. And, right, I think Mm -hmm. one of my favorite lines in the show is about choices. And I think, you know, Reese Witherspoon's character says to her, you didn't make great choices or I made great choices, something like that. And Carrie says back, Mm -hmm. you didn't make great choices. You had great choices. And I feel like Mm -hmm. that is, I mean, that is it. Like that is the message that I, that I hope people will be able to understand because we're so many of us like in corporate America with our careers, you having your own business, we're all doing the best we can with what we had to start. And we've made miracles out of the, out of what we had to start. And Mm -hmm. you do all of that to get in a room sitting across from someone who it was just so easy for them to get there. You made it to the same exact place. But the amount of work, the amount of effort that you had to do to end up here compared to what they had to do, it's just worlds apart. And if you don't get good at telling your story and listening to other people's stories, there is a gap that will always be there that will make it impossible for you two to understand each other. The only way to break out of that, in my opinion, is to somehow find a way to listen to each other and to understand where each person came from. Because if you're walking into mm. it thinking that you should just get it or, you know, what what is out and visible tells the whole story, gives you the whole picture, you'll never be able mm-hmm. to understand each other or really appreciate one another. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, and so, okay, so I'm going to say it. Leo Fires is my number four, okay? Mm-hmm. And uh, so every, I'm going to concur with everything you said. And, you know, in this, in this mastery, one of the things that the white woman went on, she went on cliches. She made assumptions. And she, she's uh, what I would call 
the noble racist, mm-hmm. right? She wanted to help the other one. She wanted to be noble. She's a help. But meanwhile, this whole time, she was raging against the black woman. Like, how dare you? How dare you not accept my help? How dare you have your own individuality? She had no clue that this woman was an amazing artist. And uh, it, I mean, that series just floored me. It was so amazing, so well done. And to go back to what you said in terms of business and what we do and the struggles we have, and, and again, the, the white advantage that's already there for them. Meanwhile, we have to struggle to get there. And when we get there, we still have to continuously prove ourselves. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Little, Little Fires was just amazing. Very relatable. Yeah, I loved that. Okay, what do you have for number five? Number five is this amazing masterpiece. It's Moonlight. Mm. Moonlight, um, I I don't know if you had a chance to see it. I did, I did. Um, You did, okay. So 2016 movie directed by Barry Jenkins, the same guy who who does David Nixman. And Barry Jenkins is is from Miami Project. So he grew up in those projects. And he, of course, he went on to film school and it's something great again out of, you know, the broken pieces that he was given. Now, the thing with Moonlight, the reason why it got, it was uh, acclimated, it got 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. People just were, were loving Moonlight is because, again, going back to the cliches, what Barry Jenkins did, he let us go with the cliches. He, he let it grow and grow and grow and grow just to shatter it. Yeah. At some point, he shatters all the cliches we have about black men. He demonstrates that there was compassion between them, um, some sexuality, love, intention. So in the midst of all this cliche stuff that we're used to seeing and we're tired of, he shattered it. And so finally, people had compassion for this group of African-American men in that movie. So for that, I find Moonlight to be exquisite. Yeah, I agree. It was it was a great, um, a really, really great film. With uh, the controversy, I don't know if you remember, um, during the Oscars, right? Because whoever was reading the winner yeah. read off the wrong name. Yeah. I remember Faye Dunaway, Faye Dunaway and, and, and what's his name? They were reading it and they read it wrong. They read it for La La Land. Exactly. And it was supposed to be Moonlight. Exactly. Um, Mm -hmm, Very mm -hmm, powerful mm -hmm. thing, I think, to see all of those actors and and people have to back up and give the Moonlight cast and director the space to accept the award. Um, Very, they made the best of it. It was an awkward situation. It really was. But Moonlight, um, again, some of the people that, you know, in my social, I would say my social circle, they, they were not necessarily thrilled by Moonlight. They felt that it was, you know, just just a, 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 a trophy, like, you know, here you get this because you're a black movie, mm-hmm. uh, perhaps being so white. No, Moonlight was a movie filled with depth. Um, and character, and it's something we had never seen before. And the way he did it, and the, and the compassion, the sensitivities between those boys who then became men, um, because there there was a lack of parenting, yeah. you know, lacking parents. They, oh, it was amazing! It was an amazing movie. Yeah, that's a great one. Amazing. 
So for mm-hmm. me at number five, um, I put a series. It's a new series. I believe this season recently ended called I May Destroy You. Um, this is on HBO. <laughs> yeah. And this I is. Just... Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yes. This is um, written mm-hmm. and directed by and starring Michaela Cole. And it mm-hmm. is a just an analysis on consent, right? And all of the different ways that um, my generation experiences, uh, my generation and the younger generations experience their consent being violated. Um, I think Mm -hmm. it, for me, I'm somebody who is extremely open-minded and I'm very, um, that, that kind of world of, you know, what goes on in terms of sexual abuse or rape or dealing with consent and victims and survivors and all of that. It's something I've always been kind of in tune with. And I was shocked and surprised at things, Um, things that I hadn't Mm -hmm. thought would be a violation. And um, I don't know if you remember a few weeks ago, we um, did an episode of Thoughts and Tea with a couple friends of mine, Wes and Naomi, who have two twin daughters. And Wes, their father... Um, spoke a little bit about, you know, their reasoning behind not forcing the girls to kiss everyone, you know, when greeting family Mm -hmm. and friends and letting Mm -hmm. them know that they're in control of their bodies and they always Mm -hmm. have a choice to do something or not do something. And um, Mm -hmm. this show, I think, just really, really opens your eyes at things that you may have experienced and didn't realize they were wrong, didn't realize that something was taken away from you at that time. So I think really, really important for people to see with the Me Too movement, with all these things that we've been seeing in these last few years, I think when we're educating young boys about how to treat women and educating young girls that they're in control of their bodies, it's important to see what they're going to have to go out and face in the world, the things that they may be exposed to so that we can better prepare them. Mm-hmm. Yes, wonderful. Yes. It's, it's, so this is definitely on my list now. Yeah, it's a good mm-hmm. one. Okay, number four. Well, number four, I already said Little Fires. So oh, that's Little Fires right. everywhere. We, we already talked about that. What's your number four? My number four is a documentary that just came out over the weekend that I watched called The Killing of Breonna Taylor. Um, It is... Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is done by the New York Times and available on FX and Hulu. And again, I think (laughs) just with everything going on and, you know, you you see people, you know, wearing T-shirts that say, say her name, you know, it's... I think important for us to watch this we get to see a little bit of who she actually was and then Mm -hmm. dig into the circumstances surrounding her murder right to try to understand what happened and unpack it I think everybody knows that it was some kind of no-knock warrant and the police Mm -hmm. came in unannounced busted the door down there was a ton of shooting and she was shot five times Um, But there's so much more to this story. And I think still so much more that they need to uncover 
but this was a great mm-hmm. start to try to understand what went down that night, why this warrant was given in the first place, who were they really after, um, what's mm-hmm. what's going on in Louisville in terms of um, zoning, like the areas that the the city is trying to, um, you know, quote unquote refurbish renovate and restart and what that had to do with this there's just so many layers and i I think definitely worth worth watching so that we can educate ourselves on the case wow Uh, yes i just i i saw it today on uh i saw it advertised today so it's definitely one more on my list i haven't seen it yet yeah that's a good one okay so number three Number three for me is a beautiful love story. If Bill, if Bill Street could talk. Mm. Oh my gosh. That movie, um, 2018, it came out. Again, Barry Jenkins. My gosh. So I have three of Barry Jenkins stuff. So <laughs> I, I seem to like him. Clearly. <laughs> I, I, I thought, yeah, yeah. I seem to like what he does and how he presents characters. If Bill Street could talk is an amazing story happening in uh, Harlem, 1970s. And it's a story between this young man and this young girl who's pregnant with his baby and they're planning to get married. The love, the respect, the poetic um, style used between those two to express their love. And they, they, they were making love in the movie and they spent time together and they talked. Meanwhile, there was some family drama going on because this young girl is pregnant. It had to be announced to her family. Her mom and dad, she had a, a, um, a nuclear family at home, um, mom, dad, and sister. And um, so he had to announce it. And he also had parents who loved and cared about him. And so the parents were trying to do their best for those kids. And so um, oh, I'm not going to, you think, I, I don't want to give out too much of it, but I need to say that this love that I just described, you can see that behind that, behind that there was always a shadow of justice. Looming yeah. somewhere around, and you know when you're watching a, a, a movie with black characters and everything's okay for them, but you have that anxiety sometimes because you you have this sense like, oh my gosh, I hope nothing happens. Mm-hmm. I hope they don't get stopped by a cop. I hope you know. So I kind of had that anxiety as I was watching it because it was so beautiful. And I think Regina King, yes, Regina King yes. was in that movie. She is. And she did win an Oscar for it. She won an Oscar for Best Supporting Actress. I don't know why I didn't say that at first. She won an Oscar, but under that veil and that shadow of injustice, um, so their love is, of course, under attack at some point. And But the movie shows you that it's worth fighting for that love. Yeah. And the injustice that is done to this young young man, his name was Fani. His nickname was Fani. Um, the injustice that is done to him, um, again, he falls into the prison system, and um, the ending is not... Um, how should I say that without giving it away? Should, should you think I should go on or no? No, no. no. I, I think I think we're we're on shaky territory. <laughs> we're okay, gonna we're, right, okay. we're gonna give away too much. Too much. Okay. So I I don't. Okay. So uh, so how do we how do we connect this thing now? 
I would say that black love is always under attack. Yeah. It's always under attack. There's always that veil, that shadow of injustice that can happen at any moment. And it does happen at times for black males who are working and trying to make something out of themselves and they get paid way less than the white males at work and they have the same amount of responsibilities, if not more. And so they're always being challenged. The, the system, um, professionally, uh, socially, there's always a challenge. So black love to me is always under a shadow. And it's up to us to fight for it because love is always worth fighting for. It's up to us to, to find ways to stay connected, stay together, and get through the injustices that can break a relationship. Yeah. So that, that's why I chose this movie. And it's my number three, and it's one of the movies. Yeah, that's a great pick. An absolutely great pick. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, my number three is Just Mercy. Um, oh, Just Mercy, yeah. starring mm-hmm. Michael B. Jordan and Jamie Foxx. Um, mm-hmm. Michael B. Jordan is portraying Brian Stevenson, who um, is a Harvard grad who moves to the South, to defend, um, to defend those who are, you know, wrongfully condemned, um, and those who, who did not have proper representation. And Jamie Foxx plays Walter McMillan, who is one of Stevenson's first cases. Um, Walter was sentenced to die in 1987 for the murder Mm -hmm. of an 18 year old girl. Um, despite the fact that there was, you know, evidence that he was innocent. So it's, it's a great story. And I think stories that we need to, we need to see and hear, right? Like we, it's important to, to see how, um, a lot of black men are just pulled into this system wrongfully and then either sometimes sentenced to death or just a life of being in and out of jail after that. Um, and then uh-huh. to see men like Stevenson who are committed to, to changing that and helping as many people as they can. So I think this is a really, really great movie. I mean, the acting was excellent. Michael B. Jordan was awesome. Jamie Foxx was great. Mm-hmm. Um, but also just mm-hmm. a really important and common story, right? Like this story is not unique. Mm-hmm. And, um, for that, I wanted to say in addition to watching Just Mercy, as like an honorable mention for my number three slot, I would also put The Innocence Files, which is a docu-series um, that's available on mm. Netflix, which yeah. details yeah. a few stories just like this one. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Wonderful pick, Logie. And I think uh, our number threes are connected, again, because uh, in, in, in if Bill Street could talk... Fanny also gets incarcerated for something that he didn't do. Yeah. So it's kind of the, the same types of themes, right? You, yeah. you, you get, if, if you, you know, if you looked at someone the wrong way, if they can't kill you anymore, they'll find a way to get you incarcerated, just like the guy who got the, the, the lady called for him, the bird watcher. Remember that? Exactly. I would say, yeah, you know, and, and, it's the same types of stories, but now they're being revealed because of social media, but it's the same types of stories. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so number two. Okay, number two, drum rolls. <laughs> Since I already gave up my number one, so my number two is Black Panther. Yes. Black Panther, that is my number two. 
um, that is, I would say, even though I'm not a Marvel, necessarily a Marvel fan, I watch some of the Marvel movies because of my son, of course, um, you know, just trying to spend time with him, but it's not necessarily my genre. Some mm -hmm. of them are good. I enjoyed, of course. I'm not that difficult. But Black Panther, I think, was not just a movie. It was a movement. Yeah. Black Panther came out. People were in tears. I remember being in the theaters and sobbing sobbing okay I, I was taken by surprise the, the, the level of pride that i felt and that that fantasy became real for me the idea that there's a world out there that wasn't colonized by anyone and mm -hmm. that that world was pure and it was allowed to be what it was meant to be with owning all the elements fire water you know uh, um um, earth, I mean, every, every, all the elements were there, and including that precious, what was it called? Vibranium? I yes, think vibranium. <laughs> vibranium, yeah, that precious vibranium. You know, that fantasy became real for myself and for so many others. So we were enthralled, and remember, at the beginning, we said, we talked about it that day. I remember talking to you for four hours about every aspect. And again, during the week, we touched on it. And do you, did you see this? This is what it meant. And it was amazing. And I know most of our, um, most of our listeners have seen it, I, I hope. And uh, so I'm not giving too much away by saying that, um, you know, King T'Challa, him going from being a son who lost a father to becoming a king, I mean, that just floored me. The, 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 the dressings, the, the makeup, the different tribes, the fight between him and the other uh, uh, king. I mean, it, it was just an amazing movie, well made. And uh, not, not to even mention that th this was the first Marvel movie that ever won three Oscars, I think, that night. They got three Oscars. That's right. And uh, Chadwick was instrumental in making that movie. He, he gives all the credit to Denzel for paying for uh, a summer of um, um, art school for him. Mm -hmm. um, of course, I give it to Denzel. I give it to Sidney Poitier, all the men who came before him. But I give it to him for th this young guy dealing with what he was dealing with and being that committed and making such a masterpiece. Yeah, absolutely. Unforgettable. I yeah. had Black yeah. Panther as number yeah. one on my list. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> And I, um, it deserves it. It deserves yes. it. You know, I think also yeah. with, um, you know, losing him just a few weeks ago, I, I think that everybody who has seen it, cause so, I mean, this movie is, you know, a billion dollars beyond and, mm -hmm. you know, beyond. beyond that. So I would say rewatch it, watch it again and, um, yeah. And watch it now with the lens of this person was going through something tremendous in their personal life and still mm. able to deliver this amount of work. And so, you know, putting things into perspective, like I'm having a bad day, I can figure it out. You know, like there is, Absolutely. right, there are some people who are doing some amazing, amazing work. And something that was really just a gift. I remember in his interviews, he talked about um, visiting some kids, I think at St. Jude's, who had cancer. And these two particular kids were fighting to live because they wanted to make it to see the movie. 
right? It was that yeah. important to yeah. them to finally oh, see a black superhero on the screen and, and neither one of them made it. And he was very emotional mm-hmm. telling that story. But there are, mm-hmm. you know, you can see just in people who have been remembering him over these last few weeks, kids like mm-hmm. five, six years old hosting memorials in their playrooms, right? With all of their Marvel action figures and making sure that everybody was, you know, looking down and um, praying for T'Challa to rest in peace. So this is... This is something that has affected many. I'm 37 years old. I'm a huge, huge Marvel fan. I always have been. Uh-huh. And this movie uh-huh. was so much more than that, right? And you have, um, during yeah. the special uh-huh. for Chadwick, um, Robert Downey Jr., who, who plays Iron Man. And Iron Man, for people who don't know, like this Marvel Cinematic Universe, Iron Man was the first film. So everything that we've uh-huh. seen since 2008... You know, it all started with him. So he's in a, a very, very important character to the franchise. And he said mm-hmm. that Chadwick and Black Panther were the most um, integral film in the MCU, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Right. So that's a big mm-hmm. it's a big deal. And his his um, mm-hmm. his castmates, the people that he worked with, everyone recognized that they talked about how him walking into a room already felt regal just being who he was Mm -hmm. and so there was there was really really a lot behind this film and so it's worth watching over and over and over again whenever you get a chance absolutely absolutely that movie was definitely a movement it wasn't just a movie you know Mm -hmm. and uh it, it definitely gave us hope it helped us see beyond um our situations here uh, and Michael B. Jordan being quote unquote like the angry American. Uh, I just related to him and understood where he was coming from. Yeah. It, it's amazing. And I'm hearing discussions. People are saying, should they continue with Black Panther? I say, yes, yes, let's continue. There needs, he needs to, there needs to be an, another King T'Challa. Yeah. You know, and maybe it's too early. We're still grieving. But I don't think they should stop production on Black Panther too. Yeah, that I would not I, I agree with you mm-hmm. on that. I think he Chadwick will always be the very, very first one, right? And that will always be special. Yeah. It was something that we yeah. needed at the time, but no reason why someone else cannot step into that. Um, not right now, obviously, but but you know when it's appropriate. Absolutely, absolutely. So wait, so I yes. think you're done with your list. I only have to share my number two. I'm done with my list. Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay, and so my number one. Well, my number well, one was Black Panther. Black Panther. Now you have to give... Yes, yes, yes. So you my have to do your number. My two. number two. So my number two yes. is When They See Us, and um, along with mm-hmm. Oprah Winfrey mm-hmm. presents When They See Us Now. So When They See Us is mm-hmm. the um, is the 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 series, um, the limited series mm-hmm. that follows the Exonerated Five, Corey Wise, um, Raymond Santana, Kevin Richardson, Antron McRae, and Yusuf Salam. Um, and it's directed by Ava DuVernay. It's absolutely amazing. I've talked about it before. It's got an all-star mm-hmm. cast and Jarell Jerome won 
an Emmy for Outstanding Lead Actor in a Limited Series. He's he's who played Corey mm-hmm. Wise. Um, it's I mean, it's just amazing. And I think, again, with everything going on in the world, it's important for us to see the tactics that are used um, to get young men to give away their freedom. So I think that's um, extremely, extremely important to watch. And then along with that, to see the interview that Oprah did with the real Exonerated Five and along with the entire cast was really moving. Um, I think sometimes when we watch movies and in this case, yes, technically there is a happy ending. It took 11, 12 years to get there, but they did get their freedom. Um, You know, you may Mm -hmm. walk away from that and say, okay, they got out. But then to watch the interview and to see specifically one of the men just still how broken he is. And you get to understand Mm -hmm. that this whatever this was, this time period that it took in their lives, it left its mark. And there are things that they will never get back, things that were forever changed in their lives. Um, And so I just Mm -hmm. think it was really important to see, to see that interview and to hear them talk about the, the effects that they're feeling still today. Yes. Well, I, I can say that I know it's a great series because as you were watching it, you were sharing that with me on, on, you know, on a consistent basis. I think we talked maybe two or three times very intensely about it. Yeah. My thing is, I, I, I usually can watch anything, uh, no matter how hard it is, if it, if, it, if it has content, if it has significance and meaning, of course I'll watch it. But, Lori, I'll tell you, this one, I've been saying, I want to watch it, I want to watch it. And I, I think I've said to you, I don't have the heart, I don't yeah. have the courage. What's going to happen if I watch it? Because I feel connected to those boys. I don't, of course, I don't know them, they don't know me, but there's a connection for me because when I came to the United States, being a young girl, um, I was 18, just a little bit older than them when they got arrested, it, it resonated with me. And for some reason, even though everything looked so bleak for them back then, I knew that they, what they were telling me wasn't true. I don't know where that came from, but I just knew in my gut. And I, I didn't share it with anyone, but it stayed with me. And our current uh, number 45, the, the president, I would say, back then lived in New York and took a full-page ad yeah. against those boys. Yeah, he said he condemned them and he offered their names and addresses and they were kids. And I'm very, very connected to my brother Stanley, who's only one year younger than me. And I saw him in that. And, you know, now, just now talking about it, I'm losing my voice. Do you see? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I can't even understand. It's a phenomenon that has never happened to me. I'm able to watch things and we're able to talk about it no matter how hard. But this, I have not been able to watch it till yeah. today. And I have I to say, it was very difficult for me to watch. I, I And I remember mm-hmm. calling you in between because I had to take several breaks. Mm-hmm. I had to take several breaks um, because it was Mm -hmm. just overwhelming. It was overwhelming. Um, It felt like real pain and anger and sadness coursing through my body. So it's it's definitely an Mm -hmm. intense watch. Mm. Yes. 
and it's on my list. <laughs> Hope one day, one day. <laughs> one day. And you know what? Maybe, maybe if I visit you in New York or you visit me in Florida, we can sit and watch it because we do that a lot. Yeah. Maybe if I have your company, I'll be able to watch it because I know that you'll understand what's going to happen, the intensity, the tears, the pain, the heartbreak, and we can do it together, even though you did it already. But I think it would be less of a... You know, I, I imagine that it would be less painful for you if you rewatch it. Yeah. But I just can't see myself watching this thing. Um, just like, you know, I, I, I can't. I can't. It, it, I think I would lose it. Yeah. So let's do I, that. I, and I'm saying That'll that be our plan. It, you know, that's our plan, you know. Um, and I think by then I'll be ready if we're together doing it. Yes. That's a plan. That's a plan. <laughs> oh my God, we're yeah. like almost 20 minutes over, but I think today was so good. Yeah. It was um, yeah. fun to go through these fun and, and sometimes difficult, right? Depending on what we were talking mm-hmm. about. Um, but I think we gave mm-hmm. our listeners some really great recommendations on things to watch for the first time or maybe even rewatch. Yeah, I think so too. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Rachel, for joining me today, for being an awesome, <laughs> awesome guest. Me, thank you. Thank you for having me. Okay. And we'll have you again soon. Thank you. Thank Bye-bye. you. So as always, if you have a friend or colleague that you think would have enjoyed today's show, please let them know that the show will replay on Wednesday at 6 p.m. I'll be sure to post both of our top 10 lists on my social media so that um, you can refer back and maybe start watching some of the films and shows that we talked about. Remember, you can always catch up on past episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Um, and Google Podcasts. And please feel free to share the links on your social media. And also, please be sure to check out some of the other great shows in our Radio Africa 1804 lineup. Thank you so much for listening to Thoughts and Tea. This is Lori Lee.